Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. Brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek. Joined here and there most of the time by... This is Jordan here. Jordan, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Jordan Eggleston on Twitter at JWEggleston7. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Of course, if you're on Twitter or essentially not living under a rock, you know the news uh, that was released late last night, which is that Jim Harbaugh officially is leaving the University of Michigan and going to be a San Diego Supercharger head coach. Uh, So that is the basis of the podcast. Real quick, real quick, just want to give a shout out to JR in the Big Ten Huddle. They had me on their podcast on, uh, what is it, Tuesday night? I believe that's when it was. So thanks for having me on. Fun conversation, uh, a little bit of Harbs talk, a little Ohio State, a little Iowa, a little Nebraska. So check that out. Um, then before we get into the actual news and the reason behind the podcast, chronologically, I just figured it's been two and a half weeks since we last recorded, put a podcast out. I don't think it's necessarily a, a hiatus, uh, folks. We just, you know... It's a it's a mad dash two podcasts a week all during the football season through the bowls and everything. It's just a just a little bit of a pause button that we do uh, after the season is over. It's pretty typical for for what we do. The next podcast after this one probably uh, there will be a person that you all know and well that will be hopefully soon recording with me pretty soon. Uh, so check out that podcast. We after having a break of two and a half weeks, we might have two podcasts pretty quick right on top of each other. And then, of course, what we recorded on the two and a half weeks ago was the last podcast, a delightfully tipsy Jordan, right after Michigan won <laughs> the national championship. So let me ask you this. How, how's the last two and a half weeks been being the 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 champion of the college football universe? You know, there's a lot going on in the sports world, and I haven't seen any of it. You know, I yeah. all I keep telling myself is Michigan won a national championship, and I don't know that anything in sports is going to take that high away for a while. It's going to take a long time for it to go away. I turned on the national championship game the other day because there was nothing on TV and I'm like, let's just <laughs> watch rewatch it. Why not? Why not? Let, let so. me ask you this. So we were joking a little bit before we recorded the trials and tribulations of being a, a married man with small children in house. Love it. Of course we wouldn't, we wouldn't trade wouldn't it, for change the it for the world, yep. but at times you want to bang your head right against uh, the desk. Let me ask you this. Maybe maybe your wife says just a little comment that she throws out that, you know, maybe, maybe your kid spilling something or doing something. When those things, typical things happen, do you find yourself saying, eh, Michigan won a national championship, life's not so bad? Uh, initially, there was that, that first, you know, three to four days, that was, that was there. It started to wear off a little bit because anybody <laughs> with kids know they have a very good knack of just finding a way to push every yes. single button that you have. And then again, I have a really little one. I have a 10-month-old too. Yeah. So the whole sleep thing is just Still a fight there. right now. So that also puts a little bit of a damper in it. but So it helps, but like most things in life, it's a, it's a fleeting moment. But anyways, yeah, a lot of people have been asking. Uh, so there you go. I gave you your, uh, as you like to say, I gave you your flowers there. We don't need to talk anymore about that. Let's talk about way more topical st- stuff. Yeah, Michigan, so. there's some stuff in the news, right? Yeah, so Jordan, I thought we were going to record this year podcast around last Friday is what we kind of thought it was. Good. It's not like this this wasn't a, a secret at all. We've been hearing about Harbaugh going to the Chargers 
before the national championship, before the NFL season was pretty much before the Chargers job was even open. Like it was being talked about. Like it's been that long. So it is, it is official. So obviously details on how the exit went and contract and stuff like that with the Chargers, we, we maybe don't are not privy to that just yet, but we got enough to, to go on. So essentially Jordan, whether you like it or not, you're essentially talking for all of Michigan fandom right now obviously there's always a you know caveat to that like hey every there's there's always nuances amongst any fan and fan base so we understand that that's not you know across the board but but you're the best representation that we're going to find for this podcast so as far as when you heard the first question i would ask is sad relief both go yes i think is the way to properly answer that like it's it's a little bit of all of it at this point for I think all Michigan fans like does it suck that he's leaving absolutely you're talking about the greatest if not the greatest coach in Michigan football history but then you deal with all of the just every year we do this and it gets frustrating so it's like okay it's finally over now we can move on but then it's like you go back back to the sad a little bit again because it's like you know is there really anybody that's gonna work even close to what is good as what Jim did. So it's a little bit of all of it, but I think that's kind of common with any situation like this. It's the stages of grieving, I think, but you know, I, I can't like I was on one of the other podcasts earlier this year. And I said, if Michigan went 15 and 0, I didn't think he'd be back. I just right. didn't think there was a situation where he'd come back. So it's, I was prepared for it. I guess mentally it's like, it's more expecting it versus thinking it was going to happen at this point. So yeah. Stage. I gotta laugh at stages of grieving. No, no nobody died here, buddy. But uh, I, I do. Yes, I, this I, will not be a eulogy. Jim Harbaugh is not dead. I promise you, this will not be a eulogy of of any sorts. So, I, I compared it to Twitter. You know that he's the crazy but wise uncle. So Thanksgiving's not going to be as fun. But in the end, Aunt Jana just had enough of his shit. You know, finally divorced him. <laughs> we all we all saw it coming. We all knew Jana was sick of this. I my, and and. Me certainly not being a Michigan fan. I am also not, I say this all the time, I'm also not an Ohio State or Michigan State fan. I very much uh, uh, respect the hatred from rival fan bases on how they feel about Harbaugh and all things Michigan. I do not, I do not encourage it. I do not put a put a governor on it. You do what you want to do. I'm just only looking at this from how I can look at it. I, I think my guy Big Kurt will probably have something to say too. I just got a kick out of him. There just never was that many times where I, I really wanted to, you know, punch the steering wheel about Jim Harbaugh. He he just was entertaining. So I, I will miss that side of it. Then if I was a Michigan fan, knowing how, you know, all this stuff has gone down for the past, I mean, we're talking three, four years now where things started getting weird between Harbs and and the Michigan Brass, I'd just be Since tired. COVID, basically, yep, I'd just be I'd be tired of it, you know. And and obviously, we're not going to do a full reset on this, but essentially, how this went down was Michigan won 10, 11 games every single year, essentially, but couldn't beat Ohio State. So even Michigan fans, what was that, four or five years into the the Harbaugh tenure, where every season looked the same, highly successful, but no Big Ten championship you know, didn't, didn't beat Ohio state. I would, I would guess even you was saying, you know, Harbs better get over the top here 
Otherwise, we might have to move on from this situation. And then you had 2020, the stupidest year in the history of college football, hopefully ever. Fair enough assessment how I feel that Michigan fans felt about Harbs up to that point. Yeah, no, I think you you hit the nail on the head there. And then like you said, when 2020 happened, the fan base was was somehow largely split still, but I definitely fell in the side of I think it's time. I think we've run our course here. It's just it's just not it's something's broken. I don't know what it was, don't know who was better, but obviously that things went the way they did. So but 2020, I was I was one of those people that was ready to jump off the ship. And I think a lot of the conversation was, this is how it goes with Harbaugh. He wears out his welcome after four or five years. We saw it a little bit, maybe, at Stanford. Definitely people felt like that's what happened with the 49ers, and it was happening again at Michigan. Kurt and I erroneously predicted bad things for Michigan going into the 2021 season. I think I predicted something like seven and five or eight and four and just and, and be done with it. And of course, they rip off a Big Ten championship, one loss season. This this sets the tone for three straight years of what most people would probably call Michigan dominance of the Big Ten. Three straight Big Ten championships, three straight wins over Ohio State, three straight entrances into the college football playoff, quick exits in those first two years. And of course, this is tapped off with the 15-0 national championship year last year. He finishes with an 89 and 25 record at Michigan. That's a 781 winning record. He's got a natty. He's got three Big Ten championships, three wins to end at Ohio State. Does finish with a losing record versus Ohio State. He's been coach of the year, Big Ten, uh, AP National Coach of the Year, Big Ten Coach of the Year. My guess is even knowing the off the field craziness, the craziness of just being Jim Harbaugh. The pain that was felt the first four, five, six years, I'm guessing you you would not trade any of that in seeing as how 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 this ended. No, not not in any any rational thought. No. Right. I mean, obviously they always say the ends justify the means. And we look at we look at a whole big picture now and it's like, yes, it's all worth it. Like it was all worth the, all the pain and all the suffering was worth it. And if you could go back to 2019 and ask me, is it is this worth it? I probably wouldn't agree then but it's like that's why you have to ride it out and you have to understand what Jim Harbaugh is and what Michigan is so yeah and as far as uh just meeting a fan base out in the free world uh Michigan fans have always been a interesting bunch when I've run into Michigan fans so there's not this you know I feel like I get I get accused of being a Michigan apologizer for the two Ohio State fans that are listening to this podcast, if you would have known me way back in the Tattoo Gate days, if I had the if we had the podcast then and Twitter, you would have heard me say this is stupid. Like I I was defending Ohio State. I thought the Tattoo Gate stuff was absolutely ridiculous then. So like I try to stay as neutral and down the middle with the stuff as I can. So that is what I've been trying to do with Michigan throughout this. For the most part, to you know, to to really bring this thing to a head is the the controversy with the Spygate or whatever we're calling it, Signalgate. There was already Spygate. Can't use that Signalgate thing that had gone on. So I'm just tired of it. I I believe Michigan for the most part answered what they had to do because once it was out and scrutinized, 
that got into Michigan's hardest part of their schedule. Penn State, Ohio State, Maryland, Iowa, two games in the, in the college football playoff versus Alabama and Washington. They beat all of those teams when all of this stuff was out there. That pretty much silenced it for me. Had Michigan gone on a losing streak and not got to the playoffs or beat Ohio State, we would have something to talk about. That's my stance. I don't think that's a lot of people's stance, Jordan. However, there it still lingers out there. Do you believe the sanctions or the possibility of coming sanctions played into Harbaugh's decision to to leave Ann Arbor and and go to the Chargers? I think you'd be ignorant to say it played no part in it. But I also think that the entire NCAA as a, as a whole played a part in it. It's no secret that Jim hates the NCAA and the NCAA hates Jim. He's been vocal about all the things that the NCAA doesn't want to happen. That needs to happen. So I think this was like the, your analogy of a divorce. This this divorce was inevitable because I think the two sides just hated each other. But those sanctions, they definitely played a part in it. I mean, he's, he's not an idiot. He knows the NCAA is going to come back. And they've taken this stance where they don't want to punish players for what coaches have done. So the, the punishment would have undoubtedly come down on Jim. So, yeah, he's not dumb. And I wouldn't be surprised if the NCAA comes out with a show cause of some length for him and he'll just laugh at it because he's never coming back to college at this point. So yeah. So plays into it, but yet there's other things that I think play into this too. So we're kind of blending two things here, which is Jim Harbaugh's anger and frustration with the NC2A, which folks don't you even Harbaugh haters, don't you kind of support that? You know, that's what I would throw out there. We all complain about the NC2A. So even if you hate Harv's, <laughs> at least to a certain degree, you got to support him button heads with the NC, NCAA with that. I, you know, just kind of throwing that out there. But another part of this is potentially the, the butting of heads with Harbaugh and the Michigan administration here to talk on that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a hot topic amongst all Michigan fans right now. And Ward Manuel, the athletic director is getting all of the smoke and he deserves some of it. And it's not just the gym stuff. If I mean, we don't need to get into all of the other coaches in, in Michigan that he's lost as far as grades go. But, I mean, there's a report that came out of the Detroit Free Press from Angelique Shingalis, who's one of the more trusted, I'm using air quotes here, journalists in the sport anymore because she is extremely well-connected and she's always been very, like, neutral on what she's saying. She flat out put a report out last night that said that Michigan basically balked at this contract and what Jim wanted until the last minute and then they gave him what he wanted and he said piss on you the Chargers gave me what I wanted I'm out so yeah. if and like I sent you a text if 75% of that's true then there's there's got to be some accountability for the University of Michigan because you're talking about how are the greatest coach in school history and you just didn't want to bend to give him a little bit of what he wanted to keep him around I just think there's going to be some more it'll be interesting to see what facts truly come out about that in the coming weeks i and you sent me that dm pretty early this morning one of the first things i read when i woke up and i thought about it for the last you know today and here, here's my here's my take was the was michigan open to harbaugh coming back yes with that being said it's not just the fans that maybe are tired of and have worn thin with with harps okay so in my opinion it was a slow it was a strategic slow play 
by the Michigan brass. So in the end, they can say, hey, we offered this contract to Harbaugh. So don't come at us, bro. We offered this contract. But strategically slow playing it to piss Jim off. So ultimately, the decision was on Jim. He could have took this contract, but he took the Chargers one. It could be a case of Michigan playing this exactly how they wanted it to go and Harbaugh taking the proverbial bait exactly how they wanted it to go, which is peace and love. Thanks for the natty. You know, we we need a clean start here. And that it's entirely possible. That's the strategy. Um, let me just say that if that's the strategy, it's a very bold strategy. So you're, you're willing to ostracize your biggest name face and coach ever because you're just sick of him. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily a great precedent that you want to set. And I, like I said, there, there's other pieces behind it too with the Michigan Athletic Department and Ward Manual. I mean, he lost the greatest baseball coach of all time, the greatest basketball coach of all time, and now the greatest football coach of all time in his tenure. So yeah, I, those pieces added into it I get it. make me feel like maybe there's some incompetence going on. There typically is within a university. So we we are not exactly conspiracy theorists when you when you throw that type of stuff out. So last thing is, you know, definitely something that plays into it for for where I think Harbaugh is coming from is I, I jokingly call it the the college football coach career egot. By the way, do you know the do you do you know that reference that you got? I did not until I read it when when you sent me the our little show sheet here. I did not know that. So it's from Thirty Rock. Uh, Tracy, what's his name? Uh, hilarious comedian, but he he wanted the egot, which is the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. So that was the joke. It was always pretty funny. Uh, essentially, what I'm getting at is Harbs has got the national championship. He joked after the game. Now he can sit at the big boy table. Uh, with his dad, who's got a championship, and his brother's got a Super Bowl championship, who beat him in the game, which is freaking hilarious. So now, you know, Jim feels like he, he he's worthy. But me thinks getting that Super Bowl title that he was oh so close for has burned in the back of his head. I, I mean, along with the frustrations with the administration and just the direction of college football, I think that's always something that he's he's wanted to get. Now he goes to San Diego. He's got a a bona fide, you know, great quarterback, really, really good quarterback at the very least that he can work with. Don't you think that obviously played into it quite a bit for for Harbaugh? Yeah, he hasn't been shy about even admitting that himself. He's always said that Super Bowl itch has always been there and it probably always will be there. And I think that's part of why these NFL dalliances have always been out there. So it it doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's just he's a he's a football player and a football guy. So he's competitive as Probably more competitive than any single person listening to this podcast. So, yeah, he wants the greatest prize, and I get it, man. I can't say I blame him. You don't have to have any, you know, specific predictions or anything, but how do you think he'll do in San Diego? It's interesting because San Diego's got a tough situation money-wise. They have a good offensive, like, structure, but their salary cap is very – like it's it's documented it there's some there's some struggles there with the salary cap issue that they have so it'll be interesting i mean he's a winner he's won everywhere he went so i have to think he'll be successful but the goal is a super bowl right so that's a tough prize to go get in the nfl this is easy you do this on people do this on madden all the time you just trade your guys (laughs) you know they got one year left on their contract yeah that's first round picks for them you you turn them into stars and you win like three years later it's not press x press x press a press square you're good to go 
I just stack draft picks, man. Just stack them. Like it's, I got like out of oh, the yeah. first hundred picks, a third of them are mine, man. I, I just go to town. So now we move on, of course, to the next guy. Foregone conclusion. It seems like that it will be uh, offensive coordinator Sharon Moore. What would you, what percentage of a chance would you put it at that Sharon Moore will very quickly be named head coach? 85 percent because that just because Lord, i thought there's always hey hey i'm i'm an old soul so there's always a little bit of pessimism in me and thinking okay maybe there's some kind of back channel thing they've got with some name out there that we just don't know about it's not going to be brian kelly that can go away i keep here i've got a don't miss at the end i've I've got a list at the end i want to go through but okay let's just talk through so 85 percent but i mean Let's be real with what everybody's saying. It's probably 99.9%, but yeah. I, the, the pessimist in me just leans a little bit that way. Sharon Moore, of course, during the suspensions, he was one of the the Tilta, you know, like spin the wheel <laughs> coaches coaching at, Michigan. The beginning, <laughs> at the beginning. That was a fun game. Yeah, we had fun with that. At the end of the year, though, a signal was sent because we did not spin a wheel for the coach when it was the big games. Because if you remember, the it was the... It was the sisters of the poor at the beginning of the year that anybody, I think I probably could have coached a dub for Michigan in those games. Then we got to the end. We had Penn state, Maryland, Ohio state. That was Sharon Moore. That sent a signal to people. I think that, that he was the, the number one guy. I think Sharon Moore is 37, 38 years old. Is that yeah? in that range? He's really, he's really young. He's young, young, pretty young. Um, not if, if if we didn't know Sharon Moore was Sharon Moore, and this was the resume, Jordan, a little light to be the head coach of of Michigan, uh, or as he calls it, Michigan University, <laughs> right? Then he's- yeah, well, he'll he'll get he'll get his he'll get his vernaculars in order, but yeah, if he was offensive coordinator at like his alma mater, Oklahoma, let's say, I don't know that he would be a candidate for this job. But I mean, today's college football, you. You have a guy who's ingrained in a situation like Michigan that, that, I mean, and people will laugh at this and I can hear the eye rolls already happening, but the Michigan culture that they've built, he's been credited for being a large part of why this program has been able to turn around. And let's be honest, who's who's the option that's out there on the market that's realistic? Oh, we'll get to that. That you, th- that you think is going to come take this job. So they, that, that has... We talked about that on uh, the Big Ten huddle. I mean, there's Michigan can pull candidates to, to become the coach at Michigan. So I, I, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not buying into that. Um, as far as Sharon Moore, if he's ready or not, I we will find out. You know, I, I, it is hard to make these bold predictions on how it, if it is Sharon Moore, how his tenure will go. This is a huge part, though. This, I, this I would think plays into how this goes on. Two things. Number one. This is on the positive or should be viewed, I think, as a positive year, Michigan person. We saw what happened at Bama when Saban took off and a completely new outsider came in, which is the roster got gutted or at least a ton of key players left, which will benefit your rival, uh, which I wouldn't think you'd be too happy to hear. But if Sharon Moore is the guy, we have the thank you government seven day thing that we have to wait on my guess me thinks that the brass 
and Sharon Moore are telling the football team, I'm going to be the coach. He's going to be the coach. Don't you go anywhere. Not much is going to change. Going to have a couple guys new here and there that we got to bring in. But the Michigan that you have, you know, come to grow in love as a player is going to largely stay the same moving forward. You would hope that that would keep guys in because we immediately have a 30-day window that is open now for people to take off. Do you agree that that's a big part of what's going on and probably a situation that would help Sharon Moore get the job in the first place? I think as us as fans, it's more that's more of a thing than what it truly is in the administration mm-hmm. side of it. Because if and, and I'll be honest with you, if my administration is saying, well, we're not going to lose as many players if we hire this guy, he might not be the best candidate because candidate X is a better candidate, but we're going to lose players. You don't jeopardize the future to make the the present good. Like you got you got to look long term at this picture. I just am of the belief that I think Sharon will do a good job so you can have the best of both worlds here. So I hope that's not the only reason. I hope the real reason is they think that he's the guy for this job. And I personally think that he'll do a good job. I hear what you're saying. You're a, you're a, you're a truthful man, but I got to call a little bit level of BS on that in that. Trust me, the now will mean a lot to you next year right, right away okay the first big oh game. yeah I mean, we're creatures of the moment we want okay. i want i mean i don't want to suck next year but i also don't want next year to be good and then to go back to richrod era yeah after the next three to five years because sharon's clearly not the guy and we settled because nobody's going to know if he's the guy more than the university they should have all the information that they need on him but his background and who he is and everything that he does they, they should know more than anybody Look at Mississippi State with the Zach Arnett situation. They flubbed that bad given the passing of Mike Leach. They they should have known that that was not going to work. You have to know that because that's your guy in-house. You know who he is. The, the hmm. exact opposite of that, Ohio State knew they had Ryan Day. It's true. They trusted him to be their guy, Dr. Urban, and they went with it. They knew. These universities have got to know. So I have to trust that my university knows that Sharon is the guy that they believe can take him that direction. And if not, then, hey, we we eat that and we're in trouble. So but we just pointed out that the leadership at Michigan well, has not been the most stellar. So, well, okay. you know, uh, look at all the sides of it. <laughs> and then the other thing I would throw out is, are we sure Sharon Moore is not going to be a part of sanctiony type of situations moving forward? So if you said Possible. 85%, a big part of that 15% on him not getting the job is that where you might need a completely new regime come in. And if that happens, brother, you're going to see dudes hit the portal oh, it, it's gonna like, be rough. with light speed. It, it's going to look like that Dr. Pepper commercial where guys are just getting sucked <laughs> in. Like it's a black hole. Yeah, so. Cause the, the, the players on the roster are already all over social media campaigning for Sharon Moore. Like yes. there's been multiple players saying that they want him to be the guy. So that if he's not the guy, there will be a mass exodus. It will be a Bama esque movement. And, We've already lost a ton of players to the draft, so it'll be I, a rough go if that's the case. My guess is over the next seven days, because again, we have our seven day uh, uh, work period thank that we have you, to, thank get you, government. to post it. Yeah. Um, what's what are some of the employment websites? Are they jobs.com or you know, they put it out there? I don't <laughs> Indeed. Know. Indeed. Um, uh, so I, my guess is you'll see a couple guys here or there. Oh, yeah. I mean, and Undoubtedly. you know, like, got. 
players that probably were already disgruntled, but they couldn't do anything because they wanted to hang around to get a national championship ring. Folks, That's this is how it goes. So we're talking pretty talented dudes that are maybe second or second and a half on the death chart, okay, that probably was starting other places. Dude, they're going to stick around to get that bling, okay? They're, they're going to... <laughs> I don't know if bling still a thing that the kids say, uh, but they're going to stick around. <laughs> That's pretty bad. They're going to stick around to get that. Then they're locked in because the the coach is there. The portal is is now closed, which is again just another weird thing with how yeah, we handle all right. this stuff. It's so stupid. Now it's open. Th- there will be people that that take off here and there. A couple. Yep. If Sharon Moore isn't the guy, yeah, I predict that, that they will take off like like crazy. So if Sharon Moore. Isn't the guy you gotta you gotta put the list out? This is the rules, Jordan. You have a job yep. opening. You put you put names out. So I I printed off a couple. I didn't put them on our show sheet because I wanted to just wall up. Yeah, I, I figured I, they were like yeah. purposely <laughs> left off the sheet, so I couldn't so, respond. I couldn't prep. I think these go from somewhat plausible to just it's just going to be fun to talk about. But Kansas head coach Lance Leopold. Hey, Penn State took Lance's offensive coordinator. Maybe Michigan could take the entire head coach. What do you what do you, what do you think of Lance? I think good Midwestern roots. Don't think it'd be a terrible hire. Yep. Yep. Um, but he, he's a solid coach and he's a winner everywhere he's been. Yep. He's got I, Kansas winning. So I mean that's what I'm thinking. You know, so that's like I said, plausible to just fun Wouldn't to talk hate about. It. Wouldn't hate it. How about Kansas State? I mean, like when, when you want to coach. You know what state you go to. You go, you go to Kansas. How about Kansas State head coach Chris Kleiman? 56 years old. Yeah, uh, I would rather see Leipold over Kleiman. Um, I, I do think Kleiman's a good coach. Just, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just something about it that just gives me kind of an eh. I don't know if I would I be the, the higher I'd like. But not a terrible both, option, but I think he can do it much better. I think we both very much like like uh, uh, Kleiman. Correct. I mean, the guys had tons of success. It's just it, timing would be would be a situation. Right. Then we got then we then we raid the Ravens. All right, take 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 Johnny's guys back. You got. I mean, you got Todd Munkin or former Michigan, you know, now defensive quarter Mike McDonald. Munkin, I you know, honestly, I don't think either one of them want to go to college. Mike Probably McDonald, not. I think, will be an NFL head coach. I know he hates Cal. He hates recruiting, but I mean, if he Wanted to, I would, I guess I'd listen, but I, it's just, he's not a recruiter and you got to be a recruiter in college. I don't know enough about Munkin. I mean, he did great at Georgia as an offensive coordinator when he was there, but again, you've got to be, you got to want to be a CEO and a recruiter. And I just don't know if that's his bag. LSU head coach, former Notre Dame head coach, Brian Kelly. Vomit. (laughs) There are, there are certain individuals in the college football coaching world that I just despise he's one of them and i i i would i would be extremely mad if michigan hired hired him i think it would be an awful hire it's what? a terrible fit dude's I, a killer I hate it. he's a killer literally mm. literally sorry bad joke but the the thing i think about is uh, to go from harbs who learned over the last three four years to be more open touchy-feely friendly coach like he became more of a player's coach Players coach to, yeah. to go to the shall we say prickly uh uh Brian Kelly purple face lunatic that's what I call him I yeah look, I I typically try again I, I don't want to pat myself on the back but I typically try to take a neutral stance and for a while there the the extreme dislike for Brian Kelly I I I, I thought it was overblown but man I 
I don't, uh, he's not my guy. So being a non-Michigan fan, <laughs> I, I, you would love to see oh, it. Happen, God, it right? would be fantastic. It would be, it would be fun to watch, man. I, I'm not saying yeah, like the I pain want of it. my existence. <laughs> Couple more here, buddy. Yeah, I can't wait more. to hear these. These are going to be the good ones. Well, I mean, how about former Cincinnati, Wisconsin head coach, former Buckeye, Luke Fickle. I've heard that name, and I mean, he's a good coach. There's just a lot of ew in me because of the Buckeye thing. I would be more interested to hear what Luke Fickle has to say versus what I have to say. If Michigan called Luke Fickle today and said, hey, you want to be the head coach, what would he say? That would be what I'd be interested in. Uh, And certainly Wisconsin is a step up from Cincinnati. Certainly Michigan is a step up from Wisconsin. But man, him, he's got gold pants, right? Like, oh my gosh, dude. it, it It would be very you. It's it's a step above Brian Kelly. I would say yeah. that. Yeah. Don't hate Luke Fickle. I think he's a decent human being and a good coach. I uh, very it's much just, like Luke Fickle, yes. who he is, all of those things, but it's the Buckeye piece of me. Man, but then again, just, one of it's our gotta play in. Ever. It's gotta play in, right? A yeah. a an Auburn guy going to see now the funny thing you say that. I could see an Auburn guy going to Bama or something like that because Yeah, because there's, there's no loyalty so, in the South. That's <laughs> I, I do, you know, as as much as the, the Iron Bowl is jammed on our throats for one of the greatest football rivalries, I can see trading between players and coaches more between Bama and Auburn than I can with Michigan and Ohio State. I, I feel like the different level of that. hatred. Yeah, I I don't see it. I don't see it. But it, I would be shocked, but I would love to hear the phone call. Yes. Oh, oh gosh. Yes, I would give the next paycheck to listen to the phone call. That would be, would it be three minutes long <laughs> or, or would it be, yeah, you know, an hour? Hang up hour when long. he says, Hey Luke, it's Ward click. You know, you never know. And of course the last yeah, name we got to bring I think up I know what this is one is. The crown jewel of any head coaching search. The great ultra builder. Iowa state head coach, Matt Campbell. <laughs> Oh, old soup boy, as he became known as in the Michigan circles. But everybody thought Jim was going to get fired in 2020. It was, quote unquote, Soup Campbell because of Campbell Soup, that he was the guy that Michigan fans wanted. And no, I mean, I, no, I don't want him. I, he, I think he's a fine coach. He's just not. I don't You're think saying, he's anywhere near the caliber of what a Michigan head coach should be. You, you don't want a guy who's never had – a 10 win season is one in seven versus his rival. You don't want that. Well, I mean, that's a piece of it. I will say the fact that he's at Iowa state does kind of hinder him. I have a a whole lot of resources there to make it Michigan's resources. He would get are a lot better. He was successful at, I it was Toledo, right? When he was there, is that where he came from? I think it was was Toledo. Yeah. One of the max schools in the area. So he's, I don't think he's an awful coach. I just don't think that's the right fit for what, He's not enough. Obviously, I'm throwing shade because that's I, your I'm, an, I'm an Iowa fan. He's an Iowa State guy. But if you you know you you yeah, hook me up with some sodium pentothal or have enough cocktails, I, I, Matt Campbell is a good coach. Obviously, still ahead of Brian and Kelly. Oh, ab- absolutely, he'd be. I, I I kept him to last just because I'm a I'm a jerk and I wanted to have the most fun at the end there. My biggest concern for him would be recruiting. But when you go from Recruiting to Iowa State to recruiting to Michigan, obviously, 
that's going to be a There's big just thing. built in advantages with the program. Right. And then speaking of recruiting, that's the thing I hear most from Michigan fans on the Twitter sphere is whoever the next coach is, they hope they can have being one of the top two or three or four teams recruiting in the country would be, would come up to the top because it's no secret that Michigan has built this on. I mean, they have talent. Okay, let's let's be clear. But more guys that fit the system and and development that will be one of the interesting things to see with the new guy. Is it is it more of a SEC based model where you are you know bringing in the talent first and foremost and then putting them together and see if they win? That'll be that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yep, I agree completely with that. Well, there you go, bud. I think that's the podcast right there. So, congratulations. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't even know what to say. But I, I like I said, we we've kind of already talked about. It. I I would I would think I would be ready to proverbial move on from the from the toilet. It's it's done. It's out. Let's 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 see what else is out there and and have a clean break. Yada yada. No ill will towards Jim. No. I'm thankful for everything that he did. He got this program back into relevancy and to the mountaintop. Did everything he said he was going to do. He did. Left the program in a better place than when he found it. So, I mean, no ill will towards him. Sad to see him go. Happy that he's going to get what he wants. And I'm looking forward to the future, hoping that we can continue with somewhat of the success that we've been on. Obviously, it's going to be a tough road to hoe, but tough. That's what you have to hope for. I mean, Michigan's not dropping off the map by any stretch, but sure doggy that schedule next year. Holy cow. She's a rough one. It's, Isn't it? it's Shrome, if it's Sharon Moore, he's going to get thrown to the fire pretty quick. Texas week two. So yeah, I would, I would put that out there. Michigan fans, even if Harbs stuck around with the, the, you know, a high amount of four and five and six year guys that have moved on for the program, anybody coaching Michigan next year, yeah, you know, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be challenging. Challenging. So I would, I would keep that. We go from one of the weakest schedules this past year to probably the toughest it next could year. Be. It's, it it's could rough. be the toughest. Yes. All right, man. Thanks for joining me. Anything else you want to add? Nope. I think I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the future. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I am Jordan. Don't forget to ask for Amador. This has been the Eyes on Big podcast. We will talk to you soon.